Hey guys, and welcome back to another series of the boring shit you need to know in business. I'm Amy Bajada, and I'm excited because this series, there's going to be more topics, more conversation, and some amazing business owners to share this time with. So let's jump in. Thanks for stopping by today. It's so great to have you here. Whilst I have you, and before I jump into today's topic, I wanted to tell you that I did some work recently on my website, but in particular, I worked through my podcast topics and thought that I wanted to make finding the right episodes for you a lot easier by putting them into categories. So when you have a moment, head over to my website, www.amybajada.com.au and check out these changes. Also, let me know if there's anything else you'd like to see to make accessing any resources I have easier for you. And if you want to get notifications on when a new podcast is available, be sure to hit the notification button when you subscribe, wherever you listen to this podcast. Now to pricing. Definitely a favorite topic of mine. And I know (laughs) I say that all the time, but it is. It's a favorite topic of mine to discuss and one that is extremely important for every business owner in every industry, regardless of what turnover they're making. And I wanted to kick off this discussion by talking about what pricing is, how we recognize it in our business, and the result of pricing. Now, some of this is going to be simple business 101, but by reiterating it, it's going to bring this conversation together because I don't think we say it enough. I don't think we put these pieces together enough when it comes to our pricing strategy or when we think about our pricing strategy. So pricing at its core is the amount that you set, that you set, let me reiterate that, that you set to sell either your goods or services for your business. Simple. It's technically the amount your consumers will pay for the good or service that you have on offer. It's what we refer to as our turnover, sales or income for our business, and you'll find it located in the revenue section of your profit and loss statement. The amount itself will end up in our bank account, hopefully, and this amount we use to pay off the costs associated with getting that good or service ready for sale. Now that's the path that it takes. Now I know you know that, But I wanted to reiterate it because from the first point in terms of setting the price point right through to using the money that we receipted in to actually pay for our costs associated with delivering those goods and services, that's its life cycle. So knowing that it lands directly in the revenue portion of our profit and loss statement and smack bang in our bank account it solidifies the part that it plays when we discuss profitability and cash flow for our business. And that's pretty important, I'd say. And again, when we look at it in isolation, that makes sense. We know what our pricing is to our businesses, but are we looking at it right down to that point of reference, right down to profitability, right down to cash flow and the impact that it has throughout that journey? Speaking of impacts, given that it impacts our business internally, could I say impact 
anymore right now. Sorry. Given that it impacts our business internally so much, why is it that as business owners, we're so hell-bent on pricing like our competitors with complete disregard for the damage it may be doing to our bottom line? So what do I mean by this? We deduct all our expenses in our business from our revenue. And the revenue is created through our sales, which is dictated by our pricing strategy. Once we deduct our expenses from our revenue, we hope that we have something left over in the form of profit, indicating to us that the choices we made about how we priced our products against the costs associated with running our business was in fact correct, was in fact the right price point. So if we aren't paying enough attention to how the pricing of our products or services solely impacts our expenses in our business because we are distracted by our competitors, we could be missing out on the opportunity to make a profit. And what gets impacted if we erode our profit margin? Our cash flow. What do we need to run our business? Cash. It's a vicious cycle. Don't get me wrong. Understanding your competitor pricing is important. And it's part of the strategy. But it's only part of it, not all of it. Your competitor may have different expenses to you, so they can price their products in a certain way or services in a certain way. Or they too might be following the crowd. And in the end, everyone loses out when that strategy is employed. Cash erosion in our business is serious stuff and it's not fun. If you've ever been there, you'll know what I mean. It's the moment where you realize that you're working your butt off, but not being able to pay yourself, your creditors, that having that feeling of stress that comes with little to no cash flow in your business. And this doesn't even actually have anything to do with the volume of sales, because more often than not in this example, your products or services are probably flying out the door. So why is there no money freedom? Cash erosion. So how do you strike a balance between getting what you need from your pricing strategy and ensuring that you are priced well in the industry for that product or service that you sell? I recommend starting with you in mind. Starting with what your business needs are first. I mentioned earlier that your pricing needs to cover the expenses that you incurred to make that profit or deliver that service. So this is a very good place to start. Start by making a list of all the direct expenses or those expenses that directly impact the product or service you are pricing. For example, if the product you are selling is a gift box, the direct expenses here may be each item within the gift box, that is the cost to you, not the cost your customer will pay, it might also include the packaging and all of it from ribbons, labels, padding, tags, tape, you name it, right? Any of the packaging costs. It could also include postage fees if this applies to the gift box or the service that you're offering. And once you have all those costs clearly identified, 
you have a base cost for your product. Now, what I want you to think about is how long it takes for you to assemble one box. Or if it's not a gift box, how long it takes you to make the product that you're selling or deliver the service that you're selling. So staying with the concept of pricing for a gift box, just by way of example, if it takes you 10 minutes from start to finish to assemble an individual gift box, then you will need to assign 10 minutes of your time as part of that base cost of that gift box. Yes, my friends, you heard right. You need to assign that cost of your time. This is where many business owners get stuck. How to price your time out properly. Normally in this instance, I would start with asking yourself the question, if I wasn't running my own business and I worked for someone else, what is the hourly rate that I would accept? And this is where you could start. It's just one strategy of where you could start. It's referred to as an opportunity cost. The opportunity to earn what you want is what you're foregoing when you go into business for yourself. Now, I'm not saying this is the number that you land on in the end, but it's certainly a good start. So for example, if based on your last job, you were earning $50 an hour, you would take $50 divided by 60 minutes and multiply it out to the 10 minutes that it takes you to put that gift box together. So you would allocate about $8.33 for your time per individual box. And that becomes part of the cost associated with your gift box that you would then add to the packaging, to the products, to the ribbon, to the freight. This would especially ring true if you were happy with the $50 per hour that you used to get in your old job and it suited your individual circumstances, i.e. it paid your bills, it covered your mortgage. But of course, if you weren't happy with the $50, which is why you left in the first place potentially, then start with a number that makes the most sense to you. Now that you have all these costs at hand, what is the cost to you for creating that one gift box or that one hour of service that you provide? Remember, this is just where you start your thinking about your pricing strategy for that individual item. Then you can ask yourself another series of questions. First up, does it make sense? Once you've got all of those costs, does that make sense for that particular item? Is it worth it? Do you think as a consumer, you think the value in that is worth it? Another question could be, will my customers pay this at this price point? Now, that particular question is based around branding. If you're known for a low-cost strategy or a low-cost low products, and all of a sudden you've got this really high cost for this gift box, you need to think about your customer base. Now, I'm not saying that it may not work, I'm just saying that you'll need that information and whether your customers will purchase at that price to do branding or rebranding and marketing strategies around this new gift box potentially. And of course, you ask yourself, what are my competitors doing for the same value? Now, I'm not talking about the same thing. I'm not talking about just gift box across gift boxes across the board. I'm talking about for the same value. 
So you need to consider all the value-added components of that gift box or that service or that other product that your competitors may not be providing that may actually set you apart and then make the price point more sensible. That's why looking just at your competitors is not always going to work for you. But I do need to caution you about this point in the process. So you've done all that examination. You've asked yourself all those questions. You've got this foundational price point. But the caution is this point does not include any profit margin at all. This just breaks you even. Well, this is your break even point. Now, let me say that again, just in case you were juggling a few things whilst you were listening to me. This point in the process doesn't include any profit margin. So now's the point at which you add in your desired profit. Then go back and ask yourself those same questions. Does it still make sense? Is it still worth it? Will my customers still purchase at this price? If not, what do I need to do from a marketing perspective to ensure that they do? And what are my competitors doing for the same value? Now, this is a very high level way of working through this process. But by all means, it's the foundational stuff when it comes to pricing your products and services. So it's important to understand this strategy. The beauty in this process is that it ensures that you get paid first. And I'm not talking about a wage here at this point in time. I'm actually just talking about your business getting the money or the cash that it needs to cover those expenses in your business for that product or service, plus the desired margin that you want. There are, however, loads of other factors that need to be considered here. And I have a great downloadable PDF that's free on my website that you can check out to get you started along this path. I'll also be launching a new online course around this in the new year. So you will have an opportunity to get in on a more hands-on or detailed step-by-step approach to pricing your business or your products in your business. So be sure to keep an eye out for that one. And if you are listening today and you want to go on a wait list for that course, please email me on amy at amybajada.com. Pricing comes in many forms, of course, and whilst the examples we've used today give us some guidelines into the pricing of a product, many service-based businesses can apply the same logic when it comes to the services that they provide. But there are other ways you can price your services that may suit your financial plan a little better. Such pricing strategies like a, an hourly rate, or a project-based rate, or a combination of both. Potentially having a retainer fee in there, or even performance-based rates. Hourly rates are as they suggest, of course, and you can work backwards on a rate that makes sense to your financial goals, not that of your clients. You must remember that it's your financial goals that you're satisfying here. For example, it may be based on a desired daily income rate, And then you could divide that daily rate that you want in your business every day by the number of your working hours. So if you choose to earn $600 a day, but you only want to work two hours a day, your hourly rate could be $300 an hour. Or it can be 
based on, as suggested previously, a, a desired opportunity rate from a previous role, etc. If you're thinking about the project-based rates from a service perspective, I'd recommend knowing very well how much time you will spend on that project and factor in other outside influences that may be out of your control that may create delays. But very much try and keep to a pricing model. If you're going to do this in this way, it can cause all sorts of pricing issues if it can't be streamlined enough. And then you'll just find yourself constantly costing projects rather than increasing the efficiency in the way in which you quote. Retainers, as I mentioned before, are great as they are not only paid in advance, but I love the fact that the expectations are met and they're already set up front. Your client knows exactly what they're paying and for what. And I think that really, really works and resonates with a lot of business owners. Of course, there are other considerations when thinking about the perfect price point for either a product or a service. And this will include factoring in, say, GST for those that this is relevant to. You also need to know what your objectives are when you're pricing your products or services, as these will be related to your branding and your industry. And of course, be sure to know if there are any regulations that may impact you when you're setting prices. In particular, being misleading or untruthful, as these can result in being in breach of our consumer laws. And I can tell you right now, you don't need that. Pricing and getting it right is hard enough. So my friends, your action steps from this episode will be to review your pricing strategy with your expenses in mind. Know the impact of this price point on your brand and review this against your competitor prices to ensure that your pricing objectives are being met first, but that you remain competitive enough. Be sure to leave room for profit and of course, capture the impact to ensure that the strategy is working for you. Pricing and getting it right will ensure that you don't sell yourself too short. The perfect price point is yours for the taking. You just need to put in the work to get it right and then you'll have this foundation on which you can build upon that you can use time and time again, product after product, service after service. So go forth and create your perfect price point. Stay well, my friends. And until next time, I hope you make it count. And that's it, guys, for another episode of the boring shit you need to know about business. I'm Amy Bajada, and I'll see you next time.